everyone and welcome to Chowhound's Table Talk podcast where we chat with some of the most influential names in the food space. I'm your host, Hannah Ospring. Hello, hello. Welcome to Chowhound's Table Talk. Today we're joined by Gaz Oakley, also known as the avant-garde vegan among his legions of fans. He was previously a chef working in restaurant kitchens before switching gears to focus his career on championing a vegan lifestyle through his highly successful Instagram and YouTube channel, Avant-Garde Vegan. Gaz is originally from Cardiff, Wales and now calls London home. He's a successful cookbook author, already having published two smashing hits, Vegan 100 and Vegan Christmas in 2018. And later this spring, he'll be coming out with his next book, Plants Only Kitchen, a collection of more than 70 beautiful but super simple recipes for busy people. We're so excited to have you here today. Welcome to New York. Thank you. What an introduction that was. Oh. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Really nice. Now we're done. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you. As I mentioned, I'm personally uh, a big fan of yours. I first came upon your recipes um, when I was at Food 52. I think we had focused on your or featured your polenta chips your herb right. your yeah, baked remember, yeah. yes yeah. and as well as the beautiful purple soup yes um so what i was most drawn to from this initial book was just how accessible it was and how it wasn't too advanced basically anyone who was interested in a plant-based lifestyle could come in and you know find something that yeah. fit their lifestyle there's definitely something for everyone in that book i think there is some complex recipes so some people sure. can get a bit daunted but um i'm really just one for making vegan food as traditional as possible so it appeals to everyone and sometimes you need to get um quite a long list of ingredients to make the most beautiful food to blow people away but with this new book that i'm bringing out plants only kitchen that's even more accessible than ever really really simple recipes but still have that flair and that amazing taste that the uh, vegan 100 recipes have Absolutely. And I'm so excited to talk to you about your creative process and the recipe development. We'll get to that in a minute. But I wanted to back up a little bit sure. and talk about your your current um, state as a vegan. Despite mm. your huge social following and hits with your cookbooks, you've only been vegan for you know less than a handful of years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's coming up to five years. Okay, now. it's coming yeah. up on five years. Yeah. Um, where did your passion for plant-based living come from? Oh, good question. Well, um, it's really weird. I went vegan overnight, wow. literally after watching one YouTube video. And um, it was a, kind of, a few things that led me to watching that video. Um, I was actually, I'd left the, the, um, the restaurant industry at this point and had all this spare time on my hands. Obviously, used used to work in 80-hour weeks in the kitchens, being so tired, not being able to do anything after work or before work. So um, with this spare time that I had, I was going to the gym every night for a year or two, and I was trying to put on weight, trying to get big, trying to play rugby, which is a sport I played growing up in school, and you have to be big to play it, especially mm -hmm. where I'm from in Wales. Absolutely. And um, so I was eating loads. I was eating huge, like, like a bodybuilder's diet, very traditional, lots of eggs, lots of meat, right. fish. Yeah, and I didn't feel too good at all. And I thought, I'm going to the gym all the time. I should be really healthy. Um, so I started looking at my diet, and I started seeing more on Twitter at this point things about veganism. So 
I know that one of my favourite um, musicians from the UK was vegan and he kept posting stuff about eating meat and it planted a seed in my head. And um, after a while, what I'd seen on Twitter was enough to make me feel guilty every time I was eating meat and fish and dairy. And um, I had enough and I found out about this video. Um, it was a speech by an activist in America. Um, and I thought, right, let me sit down and watch it. And it, it blew me away. It just, uh, the stuff about animal cruelty and what happens to your body when you eat animal products and what happens to the planet just was enough to make me realize that a vegan lifestyle is the only lifestyle that I could lead and went vegan. Instantly thought, what the hell am I going to eat now? <laughs> so, um, but actually that first vegan meal that I ate um, after such a sort of strict routine sort of bodybuilder's diet, that first vegan meal was the most exciting, fresh, vibrant tasting dish that I'd had in so long. So I knew instantly that I wasn't going to miss anything. And I just started experimenting again, using all those professional cooking skills that I, I'd learned to make the most amazing vegan food. Um, it was so fun, so exciting. It was just like rediscovering my passion for cooking, re uh, for cooking, rediscovering my passion, my um, my taste buds, because I lost them. I, I lost that sense of taste. It was just the same food I was eating constantly, and um, it was so exciting. What was that first vegan dish that you had made for yourself? Oh, it was something so simple. It was summertime, or, or it was a really hot day. I can't. It was, it was just early October, so we had a little bit of sun, I think, in the UK, and I. Um, I just had something really simple, some homemade falafel with some hummus and salad. I think it's the most typical vegan dish you can come across. But I made it Delicious. all from scratch and it was beautiful. Um, it was, so, yeah, it was an exciting time. I remember ringing up my parents when I first went vegan, saying, because they were on holiday at the time, I'm going vegan. They were like, what on earth is that? What are you doing now? Well, if I'm not mistaken, they are now vegan as well. Yeah. So um, my dad got home. He watched the video, went vegan. And my mum didn't even have to watch it. She just she just knew it's the right thing to do. After listening to what I said, after eating my food, she just, um, she's amazing. I'm so lucky to have their support on this journey. Wow. And do you recall who this motivational speaker oh, was? Oh, yes. Yeah, it was um, a speech by an activist called Gary Yurofsky. And on YouTube, the speech is called The Best Speech Ever. Okay. Um, I would recommend anyone watching it. Um, I think it's changed my life and so many other people's lives. But you have to be ready to watch it. You need to be in that right frame of mind and ready because like most people, when they watch it, they go vegan straight away. Like sure. what happened to me? Okay. Now you grew up in Cardiff. Tell me about what you grew up eating and what that trans uh, and what the change was like moving over to something that stripped away all yeah. the meat, dairy, eggs. Well, actually I was really lucky because my dad was an amazing cook. So I was brought up eating f meals that were made from scratch every evening because my dad just loved cooking. And as soon as I could sort of stand above the kitchen counter, I was helping my dad in the kitchen too. So I was fully involved in what we were, as a family, what we were eating. And I was learning the skills at the same time. So um, I definitely had a traditional diet. It was always meals cooked from scratch and lots of uh, Itali Italian-inspired dishes. My dad liked cooking pasta dishes and things like that. And uh, always, um, well, quite often we had dishes with a lot of spice in there as well, because my dad was getting really adventurous, making different curries and, you know, raiding the spice shops for all these different spices. So it was so fun, actually. I was very lucky to be brought up around my dad, who was just a great cook and still is today. And um, that's my initial sort of, um, well, that, 
about the age of eight when I first got into the kitchen with my dad was when I really started cooking. And um, I, I'd, I'd like to say I was lucky to, to have that sort of upbringing and eating decent food from a young age. Absolutely. So you grew up always with a focus on flavor mm. and um, kind of adventure. Yeah. And just ultimately delicious fare. I yeah. recall watching an episode where you're making pan grattato. Oh, yeah. And I can <laughs> say it. Yeah. I mean, I can barely I, say it myself. I can barely but. speak English. So for me to say that, that's, that's good. <laughs> but it's, it's flavor, it's texture, yes. it's seasonality, and also ease. And I feel like these are real hallmarks of your style of cooking, despite some more adventurous projects yeah. like beef wellington, yeah. beef in, in air quotes, yeah. and um, your vegan ribs, for example. That's much more of like a weekend-based project. But I yeah. think day-to-day, um, -day, the recipes you offer are pretty accessible for weeknight yeah. cooking for a large group. Definitely, yeah. I just wanted uh, more, it's, it's, it's a strategic decision recently just to make my recipes as, as accessible as possible. So if you've had a long day at work, you can come home and make one of my recipes because not everyone can spend two hours in the kitchen every day. So um, that was the reason behind that dish, with the pasta dish. You know, making 15-minute meals for people was um, was really appreciated by my audience. So And it's fun. Like putting a limit and a bit of pressure on you yourself in the kitchen or on myself to create a recipe that's made in just 15 minutes but still tastes like it's being cooked for you know two hours That's it's right. fun I like it I like the challenge do you ever miss your days working in a restaurant kitchen yeah that's where I feel most at home um if you would have told me when I was well even about four years ago that I'd be talking into a microphone right now on an amazing podcast and on camera on YouTube um doing all these public things I would have not believed you because this is just not me I'm quite I've always been quite shy and camera shy sure um and the kitchen environment is perfect for that type of person because you're locked away you know you've just got your team that you you know and trust so well because you're around them for so many hours on end each day and uh, you don't have to go out into the public and meet uh, guests I remember w when my family used to come for dinner at the restaurants I work at having to walk through that kitchen and uh, sorry that restaurant with all the diners there and they're looking at you all the chefs come out I'd feel really really nervous so um I liked being in the kitchen behind the scenes and I still do so when I get the opportunity to do my executive chef roles and go into the kitchens and work with the chefs it's really fun so when I have my own restaurant um I think that uh I'll find it hard to get out of the kitchen. I'm going to put you on the spotlight for a second because I read somewhere that once you hit 1 million YouTube subscribers, you'd be opening your own restaurant. Where are we with that? Well, I said I'll announce where the restaurant will be. <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's not an if, but a when and where? Yeah, so I've been dreaming about having my own restaurant since I was about eight when I first started cooking. So um, it's going to happen. I just I just want to be in the right frame of mind. Um, I want to be financially ready. Sure. Um, I want to have a clear picture of, uh, like a strategic pic picture on how many I can open or where I can open it and all this stuff. So I just need a little bit of time, but I got to 1 million, I'm getting to 1 million subscribers a lot close. quicker than I thought. <laughs> so I'm kind of eating my words at the moment. But uh, I think that uh, when I get to 1 million subscribers, I'll know exactly where it's going to be because I've got a place in mind and it's... Um, accelerating faster than I thought so 
got a place in mind and um, I'll be able to stick to my promise of announcing where it's going to be. Oh, we're so excited. Yes. I want to talk to you about YouTube. Sure. Take me back to that day where you thought, okay, I'm going to get this DSLR with so many buttons and <laughs> two dads and I'm not quite sure, you know, what to do with it to I need to upload my first video, which I saw. Mm. Oh. <laughs> no, it's <Gosh>. great. <laughs> well, the first one is actually more of an intro uh, oh, to yes, the channel. Yeah, 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 but the, yeah. the next, I think it was a Christmas. Uh, oh, well, that's actually Christmas not the special. first one. That's one of the first ones. Oh, did the you very prune, first did one, you I took it, it down. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Well, I mean, obviously you've come a long way, but yeah. ultimately the recipe quality hasn't changed. Um, but yeah, what... What made you decide to get on YouTube and share mm. your talent with a broader audience? Well, I was actually doing okay on Instagram at this point. So I had about 35,000 Instagram followers at the time. And um, people were asking for the recipes constantly. So I'd, I'd share them on my website. But I thought to myself, I need to make it even easier for people and actually show people how to make these recipes. And I grew up watching cooking shows with my dad. Sure. There wasn't anything like it for ve for vegan cuisine. So I thought, let me have a go at doing it myself on YouTube. So I just put a tweet out there looking for a, uh, a film crew. And, and luckily, uh, a team got in touch. And uh, then I realized I had no budget whatsoever and realized how expensive video production really? actually is. So luckily, I got some money together. Well, I got a credit card, to be honest. <laughs> Don't recommend doing that, but... Um, and uh, needed to find a place to film it. So I was looking at all these studios in London and things like that, beautiful kitchens. So I wanted to make it TV ready on YouTube, but couldn't afford these kitchens. So I looked on Airbnb and found an Airbnb with a nice kitchen. It's amazing. Booked it, rocked up, and uh, said to the, the owner of the Airbnb, oh, it's just me this weekend. Yeah, it's fine. It's just me, it's like a four-bedroom house. And then two hours later, my crew turned up with all these bags and this all all this equipment and we, we moved the whole kitchen around yeah we, it was funny it was a funny time but uh, the first day of filming stood behind the camera in front of the cameras I just froze it was crazy I was so it was so out of out of my depth and um, just didn't feel natural at all and watching the video back once it got posted I was so unhappy with it I didn't want to do oh. it but having invested all that sure. I had to get it up I remember I just didn't even smile um, didn't show my personality um the food was okay um it was it was sad having to put that first one up but um there was a real need for it we i really needed to get my recipes out there so people could have that um that that tool when they first go vegan because there wasn't anything like that out there so i needed to get them out there i'm glad i i, I posted and uh, actually, by the end of the weekend of filming that first time, I, I sort of loosened up and remembered that I was just cooking and that's my passion. So by the last video I uploaded, which is still on YouTube <laughs> of that weekend, um, it, uh, I was a lot more relaxed. And I remember then filming the second time, I changed up so much. I took on more of a director's role. So I've been watching cooking shows all my life. So I, I knew where I wanted the cameras, how I wanted the shot to look. Um, and I just knew then I could make it work. And I've improved so much looking back at videos, and I'm so happy that that's, that's the case. And I love filming now. I, love, we have, I have such a great team. And the sort of interaction between myself and my crew is just 
you can see it in the videos. It's just a happy environment. And uh, I think the videos are getting a lot more exciting for yeah. my audience now. And you can feel that energy mm. and that humor for yeah. sure when you're like splicing to the office. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, just being a general idiot. To yeah. <laughs> no, but I think your fans appreciate you being your authentic self yes. at the end of the day. What has the reception been like on YouTube just from, you know, the yeah. your fan base is, spans worldwide? Mm. Uh, general reaction has been unbelievable and um, I will never stop making YouTube videos. doesn't matter how hard it gets because it does get hard, especially when you've put your heart and soul into a video and then maybe the algorithm on YouTube doesn't yeah. put it to where it needs to be. But uh, generally the reaction has been incredible it's been unbelievable and people come over to me and tell me that my videos have changed their life, lives, whether it's made them go vegan or help them cut down on meat. So um, it's, it's really nice to get that, that kind of feedback. And I only get small negativity, so I'm lucky. That's I'm great. Lucky. And are you, for the most part, still handling all of the business aspect of your YouTube channel, like collaborations and yeah. Uh, yeah, analytics? I've got a great team behind me, but generally I, I do everything yeah wow. I can't. i'm a bit of a control freak but <laughs> i'm lucky that i have as i said the amazing crew a lovely agent in the uk that helps me um, with all the collaborations and stuff and i'll only work with a small amount of people who i really believe in um when it comes to brands right i remember watching you on another favorite channel of mine pick up limes oh yes uh and it was just so natural that collaboration mm. and sadia herself is a powerhouse and it, it's amazing this very powerful group of plant-based mm. YouTubers and influencers kind of taking over and educating a new generation yeah. of would-be cooks and, and eaters. Definitely, yeah. Like That type of collaboration is just a dream because we're, we're friends. And um, it wasn't a case where I got in touch with Sadia and said, look, let's film a video. Um, me and Sadia reached out to each other like two, three years ago when oh, we okay. first started YouTube. We've just been in touch since. And we met up, had brunch, and um, just got on really well. And then it, then for me, it's then time to do a collaboration. I need to have a genuine relationship with someone before I do the collaboration. Because otherwise, it's just like, it's not authentic enough for me. So it's really nice when you meet like, like-minded people. And uh, me and Sadie get on so well. We literally into so many of the same things, whether it's like our plates and bowls or oh, yeah. our love for indoor plants so that the collaboration just had to happen and oh, it was so well received from I my know. audience i love the spider plants just like they're basically yeah. another character in your oh, in your yeah. videos yeah. <laughs> with their long... i'm worried now being in new york and no one's there to water them but oh i'm sure you could ring up yeah there. exactly <laughs> we're going to take a quick break right now but yeah. i want to talk about the change of vegan food over the last five years Welcome back to Chowhound's Table Talk. I'm with Gaz Oakley, a.k.a. Avant-Garde Vegan. I love that the premise of your cooking is really about showing the breadth of what vegan cooking can be beyond just smoothie bowls and salads, which is what Instagram tells me vegan food is. Uh, so how has vegan food changed even in these last handful of years? Yes, yeah, so since I went vegan actually nearly five years ago, it's changed so much for the better, I think. I think Obviously, so definitely would definitely for the better i mean the reason i started posting pictures of my food really was and my recipes was because all i was seeing was smoothie bowls and salads and i wanted to show that you can have traditional food you know and trying to get 
non-vegans interested in vegan food because I don't think a smoothie bowl as much as they look beautiful is going to persuade a non-vegan to be able to know that they can eat uh, vegan food all the time nor will it satisfy you for exactly. you know longer than 20 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> not even 20 minutes <laughs> um so yeah it's changed so much and just um if you look in the UK for example the amount of ve- vegan restaurants that have popped up um the amount of amazing people like we were talking about Sadia pick up limes people like her doing unbelievable things on youtube and sharing her resources and um and also like in the supermarkets and um cafes and stuff i remember when i first went vegan and going to a um a gas station and realizing that there was an, i couldn't get the sandwich that i would have usually picked up there was nothing there so i got fruits and nuts and things like that which is healthier but nowadays you can actually go into a a gas station and there will be a proper a sandwich for your option for you which is great so it's uh it just shows how big it's getting now you had mentioned wanting to be a professional rugby player when <laughs> you were younger and actually you're quite in fitness is another passion of yours mm. how did you when coming up with these recipes um how difficult or easy is it to create these very satisfying kind of uh, fuel-packed meals. Yeah, it's not hard at all, really. Um, when I have the time, I, I'm exercising. So um, in terms of getting the right macros into my meals, it's, I don't find it hard at all. And actually, we will talk about Sadia again because uh, she shares a great method of making sure you're hitting all the right nutrients in your, in your daily meals. There's something called the plate method. And it's making sure that half the plate is filled with... Um, fruits or and vegetables and then a quarter of a plate is a really good quality carb and then you've got another quarter which is your really good uh, vegan protein so um, if I make sure that I've got that on my plate and I think if my plate is that that chart um, I'll know that'll be hitting all the right spots Um, so it's actually quite simple to make sure I'm hitting all the the nutrient levels that I need for when, when I'm working out, you don't have to worry too much. As long as you're eating a well-varied diet, you're fine. Okay. Now, I know you were working in professional kitchens as young as 14, 15. 15, how, yeah. How did, you, how did that happen? Well, um, I had the opportunity. So I was doing uh, catering lessons in school, so I was learning the basics in school. I remember uh, having learnt what I learnt at home with my dad, and off the cooking shows and the cookbooks that he'd bring home, um, I was excelling in the class, and I never excelled in any of my school classes, Aww. so it was great. There was only seven people in the class, so it wasn't <laughs> too hard. Don't, mi- don't minimize your success. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was making um, pasta from scratch, bringing in my pasta machine from home, and making pasta from scratch for the class, and my colleagues were, well, my classmates were struggling to make a simple pa- uh, oh. tomato sauce, and the teacher won time had the cheek to tell me my pasta was undercooked I was like no this is al dente I'll (laughs) I'll show you what perfect pasta is about (laughs) so at that point I knew that I had to take this more seriously the dreams of playing professional rugby gone out the window and um, we had the opportunity to go on work experience age 14 okay and I went to a local hotel restaurant and uh, in that week I'd learned more about cooking and the industry than I had in my whole lifetime of studying cookbooks, watching cooking shows, cooking with my dad and in catering school, in school. 
So I knew I had to be in that environment to become the best chef possible. So at f uh, 14, 15, uh, 15, sorry, I got a part-time job. So I was working in the kitchens after school. And as soon as I could leave school at 16, uh, after my GCSEs, I, I left and became a, a full-time professional chef at 16 years old. I got a little scooter, a moped. I was riding back and forth late at night, early in the mornings. Um, but it was just, it was, it was the dream. That's all I wanted to do. I was working these long hours, but I was learning so much, like a sponge soaking up all this knowledge, all these experienced chefs around me teaching me the, the ropes. And they were shocked at how much I knew as well. So it was always... It was, it was really just nice being there because um, it was just great learning. It's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the youngest chef ever with a Michelin star. And I knew that I had to put those hours in at that young age to get it. You were with your people. You had found your group. Yes, yeah. Even though some of them were been around the block. <laughs> I learned how to swear properly in the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the proper restaurant environment. Yes. Now... A traditional kitchen is pretty intense, mm. um, both physically, the demands, mentally. Mm. Uh, how were you able to find some time to like decompress in a healthy way? Yeah, I didn't, to be honest, and that's why um, I got burnt out. Really, I didn't, I didn't know how to look after myself at that age. You know, I'd, as much as I was into food, I wasn't into thinking about eating healthily. Sure. I was skipping breakfast. I was just, you taste food all day when you're cooking. So I didn't have an appetite. I probably rarely had a full meal. We had staff lunch, but I was too busy prepping for lunch to be able to even think about stopping and eating. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't sleeping properly because I'd finish at 12 and have to be back in the kitchen at 8 the next day. Working both lunch and dinner services. Yes, wow. yes. So, and this is, this is at 16, 17, 18, 19 all the, the vital years, I think. And um, it was having a real um, impact on my mental health. And I'd come home and my mum and dad would just, just be heartbroken, really, at seeing their son just like a, a shadow of my former self. And bear in mind, I would be playing sports six times a week prior to going into the kitchens, mm -hmm. rugby, football, swimming, boxing, running, badminton, everything I was playing. Um, and then going to this, it was Goodness. it was tough for them, really tough for them. So um, as much as my dream was to to be the younger chef with a Michelin star, and I was on track, I was do, I was doing I was working at some of the best restaurants ever and learning and cooking the best food. Um, it was having a real toll on me. And after four years or so of doing it in the kitchens, I, I needed a break. And I just dropped, I just, I just left one, one afternoon after a really bad service. Uh, service. I, um, I just walked out the kitchen and had enough. And um, I, I said to myself that um, I'll just have a month off and just recuperate. Um, but a job came up working with, uh, for the company that my dad worked for, just loading, uh, build, uh, what do you call it? Loading building materials onto wagons, onto lorries. And um, I just did it for a month or so, thinking that it'd just be time for me a to break. recuperate. But I had, I was on, I was doing half the amount of hours and earning double the money at the time. So as a 19, 20 year old kid, it was actually quite good for, <laughs> to get that. Just the break you needed. Yeah. Um, but it actually, I found myself working my way up in this company and a uh, month or so turned into a few years. And the idea of being the youngest chef ever with a mission to start just vanished, unfortunately. 
Um, and that's where I found the time again to get back into going to the gym and working out. And then that's what led me to veganism in the end. So it's weird how life works, but um, the in- the chef industry is extremely tough, especially at that age. And um, I would recommend that anyone that's going into it, um, doesn't matter how determined you are to succeed, you need to look after yourself. Otherwise you won't get anywhere. And I, I was just too young. I wasn't, um, I wasn't grown up enough to know that I needed to look after myself. I just just got burnt out and it's a shame, but um, I'm so happy that I put those hours in now because I learned so much and I'm able to Absolutely. use those skills to do what I do today. And maybe one day I'll get that Michelin star. <laughs> I mean, never say never. No. Now you're basically your own boss now. You're an entrepreneur and I'm sure you're working very hard doing this focusing on avant-garde vegan and this enterprise that you're creating, is it easier for you to draw a line between stopping a shoot and then carving out some free time for yourself? Mm. I mean, I feel like one of the um, big hallmarks of your brand is also that self-awareness for Mm. wellness and, you know, the world of food and self-care is very much intertwined. I feel like actually I work just as hard as I do uh, nowadays as I did when I was in the kitchens it's just a different kind of pressure but I just know I'm just more I'm wiser now I know how to look after myself you're still very young yeah I, do. I feel I, th- I think because I was into the in the kitchens at such a young age and working with older people I feel like a lot older than I actually am I see um so I feel wiser than I am but um I I do look after myself a lot better which is great Good. and um I, I would like to say I take the time to have a break but I, I really don't I'm, I'm constantly on the move um but I'm on a mission now and I need to help as many people as I can I need to you know we're in a climate crisis right now so there's a need for what I do so much uh, more than ever right now so I have to keep going and I'm not going to stop so and I think when I get a restaurant it's going to be even more intense but um as I said I feel like I know how to look after myself a lot more now and you have a bigger overarching goal and theme of advocating for a vegan lifestyle. So yeah. that must help kind of drive everything you do forward. I feel like that's just what I need, what I've devoted my life to now. And I, I can't step off this mission to keep, keep on it. And vegan and plant-based living, I mean, it's definitely taking more hold as a, um, as part of the mainstream food uh, scene and and diet so it doesn't feel as other or taboo as it once did how do you see uh vegan food and even like the uk or the us now and where do you see it going in the next handful of years yeah i remember going into my old job um after just going vegan and saying i'm going vegan they're like oh no you can't survive you i'll give you a week before you start eating chicken again Uh, and people didn't really understand what it was anyway so but now it's on the tip of everyone's tongues and um, it's just growing and growing. And, you know, with this climate crisis that we're definitely in, with all the signs that we, we can see, um, there's a fact out there that, you know, the single biggest effect that you can have on the planet personally is to go vegan. And that's a study written, I think, by, the, uh, by Oxford University. I probably absolutely messed up the actual statement because I'm not the best with my words. but. Okay. Um, I think if people do the research, they'll realize how impactful changing your diet is. 
um, to not only your health, but to the planet and also to the animals. So it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. I think Veganuary in January is, is, is um, an opportunity for so many people to, to give veganism a go and realize how simple it is now mm-hmm. with the amount of options you can now get at restaurants and supermarkets. So as time goes on, the easier it's going to get. And it's, um, you'll see so many more people going vegan. Yeah. I mean, the implications are very real from both a socio-political perspective as well as an environmental one, as well as per- as well as how it pertains to one's health. Mm. Um, I know you're a fan of the Game Changers documentary mm. on Netflix, which I also saw, and it's very compelling, the evidence for leading a plant-based lifestyle or eating a plant-based diet. And for those of you who haven't seen this documentary, it focuses on pretty established professional athletes transforming their diets and then ultimately their endurance and um, strength yeah. by just simply changing their diet, really nothing else. Mm. Yeah, I'm um, actually in terms of performance in physical activity, I... Um, Obviously, with my my lifestyle, I'm I'm always traveling, so finding time to exercise is actually difficult. But when I get into a routine of it, um, you'd think that, or that's that uh, stereotypical thought that vegans can't put on size or gain muscle is is so not true. When I when I have time to go to the gym, I'll see changes in my body really fast. Actually, a lot faster than I. Um, remember when I when I wasn't vegan, oh, eating wow. a huge meat-heavy, protein-heavy diet. Um, so I can see that there is definitely advantages just in myself when I when I when I train, and um, I'll know that when I take a, a few months off the gym, for example, I'll go back and I'll still be able to keep up with my personal trainer. And he'll be like, "I thought you had a, I thought you had two months off," and I, I was wondering what it was, why I could do that. And then I watch Game Change, and it's like, oh. Actually, maybe it's just because of my diet. <laughs> That's amazing. It's great. I highly recommend anyone um, who, first of all, likes Netflix, who doesn't, but anyone who likes uh, documentaries and food documentaries, this is a uh, very, very compelling one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd like to switch gears and talk about the book a bit, the sure. new book. Yeah. It's Gorgeous Plants Only Kitchen. Yes. How did this one come about? Was it off at the success of your first two? Or did you know already that this was part of the plan? No, actually, um, actually, having published two books in a year, I was like, I'm not making another book for five years. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half years later, yeah. That was the original <laughs> thought. But as I said, I just, I, I'm constantly writing recipes. And um, when, you're, when you don't have a restaurant and you can't serve the food up sure. to someone to get instant sort of um, feedback, yeah, to feedback on it, I either put it on YouTube or I write it and I, I want to share it. And um, there's a real need for excess, you know, fast, simple, tasty recipes. Because I see lots of simple vegan recipes out there, but they, they miss so much flavor. And the, the person that's written them hasn't thought about a technique that I would think about to get mm. flavor into it. So um, I decided to start writing Plants Only Kitchen. It's actually about 18 months in the making, actually. So um, I'm actually, this, the, this book I'm probably the most proud of. Mm. Um, there's such a variety of recipes in Truly. there. Truly. So many 
recipes that I'm I would put on my menu at my restaurant, even though they're 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 really simple. Uh, I'm it's like I feel like uh, a musician. They've got the, like their biggest hits. I feel like that's what this book is all about for me. It's just uh, I'm just really proud of it. I love. I was so much more in control of the design, um, working with a, a great team of friends of mine Gorgeous. called White Sky Creative. The, the book is so beautiful. Um, the food pictures are amazing. I cook and style every single food picture in that that book. So I've cooked and styled everything. Your hand is literally everything. My hands are in there too. I'm going to take a part-time job as a hand model. (laughs) But um, I think that's, for me, so much of my personality comes across in the actual look of the food. I could never be one of those cookbook authors that just hands their recipes to a food stylist and the food stylist creates it how they think it should look. I have to do it. And it's intense actually doing eight or nine food pitches a day. But... um, it's fun, and as I said, it gets so much more so much more personality across. You must be a bit of a mad scientist, though, when <laughs> we're talking about like the vegan ribs and these more complex yeah. projects. Uh, like, take us through your creative process. Do you start with something that you used to like prior to adopting a vegan lifestyle, and try to you know yeah. reverse engineer? Or um, yeah, so often inspiration comes from nostalgic tastes and what I want to what I would like to recreate or someone says I really loved eating this dish before going vegan can you try and recreate it and it gives it puts a little seed in my head but um I'm so lucky that this skill of creating recipes feels like it just comes natural to me so I'll work with I'll work with um different restaurants and create recipes for them in their kitchens and they'll be they'll be watching me and I'll just be, I'll just say, give me this ingredient, give me that ingredient. I'll put it into the bowl and come up with something. And it's beautiful. I just, it just comes, I feel so grateful that I have that skill. I don't, I don't, whether it's hard work in the kitchens yes. or it's just something that I'm naturally okay at. I think it's both. <laughs> I think it's talent, but also spending, having spent your very formative years. It must be. Getting yeah. the fundamentals yeah. down. It's like second nature. I feel, I feel like. I don't deserve what I've achieved because this skill comes so natural that I sometimes think like I'm a, I'm a fraud because it's too it's too simple for me to be able to create this. Don't say that, guys. <laughs> no, you deserve every I work bit hard of success. I work yes. hard, but the, the the in terms of coming up with recipes, if you gave me a, a, a random selection of ingredients right now i'd be able to come up with something tasty for you sure i don't doubt that at all <laughs> i don't know i don't i'm, I'm very lucky <laughs> that's great i mean that just goes to show your depth of food knowledge and mm. technical training in the kitchen and knowing what goes well with what i guess <laughs> <laughs> like what what are the you know two or three recipes we should be oh, diving into book. first oh, into so in this many. new book so my favorite first one springs to mind would be in actually the salad section and this shows you how um how much thought and effort's gone into the book so in the salad section i've got um my watermelon tuna so um seared watermelon tuna i bake the i bake the uh, watermelon and then marinate it for um at, well you can marinate it for up six hours or more really 24 hours is best the watermelon t- changes texture unbelievably and it has almost like a tuna-esque 
texture to it and I make the most beautiful marinade and then I sear it and I serve it with some lovely noodles and then Portuguese tarts, you know, those custard beautiful tarts oh, with the crispy it. pastry is something that I loved prior to going vegan and I know. thought I had have to try and veganize that and to get that so well um, I was really pleased about it and they tasted so beautiful so uh, there's two favorites of mine right there. That's great. Are you a strong pastry cook as well? Um, I actually really did enjoy um, cooking sweets actually more so than savory when I was a, when I was a young chef because okay. I loved um, plating up with some flair and I loved you know whether it's a nice drizzle of sauce or um, making cool things out of chocolate or caramel. Um, I enjoyed that more. But in terms of actually taste wise i'm m much more savory over sweet these days so i think i would lean towards savory well you can definitely see your handiwork and your flair and every single one of these first of all this is baji burger i saw the video for it too mm. this looks insane i'm yes yeah, so, so simple 15 minute meal with a cucumber yogurt mm. and ugh, i'm all about that but everything that you do is very intentional from you know the stoneware to the utensils. To, like I know every single detail has been thought out <laughs> and I recognize them from your videos. Exactly, so, you know, you're, yeah. you're being very consistent yeah. and true to your brand and, you know, giving your, your audience what they want. Yeah. I'm definitely a mad collector of um, vintage cookware <laughs> and beautiful ceramic um, oh, yeah. plates and bowls. I, um, wherever I go in the world, I'll, I'll find something and bring it back with me and hopefully it stays intact in my suitcase. Yeah, I hope you have some time during this trip too. Well, I've seen some something seeking. in Brooklyn, actually, a lovely um, mug. It's quite pricey, but I'm, I may be tempted to get it when I pass through again. You should. <laughs> Add it to the collection. Well, make sure you have bubble wrap or, you yes. know, fold it in some towels. <laughs> um, I'd be curious to know what your most popular recipes are on YouTube or what are the ones that just keep, maybe it's um, an unexpected popular recipe. Mm -hmm. Well, the video that I actually really don't like uh, for various reasons um, is my biggest video ever so I think it's got 4.5 million views which is nuts and that's a, um, a high protein meal prep I just don't like it for a few different reason, reasons the recipes are great but um, that was surprising that that did so well when I um, signed it off with the editors I was, I was I didn't really want to put it up but it did so well and people still watch it now I'm like oh please watch my new ones oh. but that did well um, it's but, meal prep. People love meal prep, yeah. and just you're basically telling them exactly what to eat, yeah. which day. Like exactly. you're, they don't have to think. <laughs> and, that, and actually, that is um, a strong sort of theme with the new book because I've made sure that each recipe has an icon, whether it's gluten free, whether it's suitable for batch cooking. Oh, meal great! Prep, yes, um, fifteen minute meal, one pot meal. So there's icons next to each recipe, um, and then this. On my YouTube, I'd say um, my r vegan ribs did so well, they, over a million views on that. Um, I did a ramen with featuring my vegan egg, which did s extremely well as well. It's just, um, I think those shocking, surprising ones really go down well. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you were like, this is going to be it, and then it's like crickets? Yeah, it all the time. <laughs> it's such a shame. I mean... Because I've got such a big audience now that they will always get tens of thousands of views. Sure. Um, I don't think you have any flops. No. And I honestly, every nowadays, every video that I put up, 
I'm so proud of. And um, because I, I've, my friend Tom, my best mate Tom works okay. for me and he's the editor. Oh, amazing. And we are, we are next to each other making final touches, making sure that the video is perfect when it goes up. So um, I'm so proud of every video now. And um, when they don't do as well, it's a shame, but uh, it's just how YouTube works. I, I, I recently made a documentary, um, traveled around my home mm-hmm. country. It's called Salt of the Earth. So I started in the northernmost point of Wales and I traveled right down south to Cardiff, where I'm from, the capital. And I went back having... Um, went to different um, producers of um, potatoes, salt. Um, We went seaweed foraging. I got all this amazing produce and went back to the first restaurant. I stepped in at age 15 and cooked for my first head chef. So this is called Salt of the Earth. It's a documentary I made and we had a premiere of it in a cinema in London. Amazing. Made just by myself and my team and Tom editing it. And um, really proud of that. That went up onto YouTube on Boxing Day. And I was like, right, this has to get a million views because all the effort we put into it, but it hasn't quite got that very far away from it. But I don't care. I'm so proud we did it. I missed uh, it. Is it on your channel? It's on my channel. Maybe Boxing Day was the bad time to put it up. I bet people are just spending time, you know, with their families. But maybe push um, it out again. It's it's a bit long for YouTube. Maybe it's 55 minutes Mm -hmm. long. Um, Actually, when you watch it, it it goes so fast because we do so many things. Yeah. We went ziplining in North Wales in the world's longest zipline, fastest zipline, 120 miles. Oh and this God. was just after going uh, to an old Victorian veg garden where I cooked the most beautiful dish. And then we had to go zipline. And so I was worried the whole time going down that the food was going to come up. <laughs> Luckily it didn't. But it was still such an amazing trip. And um, uh, the reason behind making something like that was because I wanted to show that um doesn't matter vegan or not my food and vegan food is still entertaining for a general population so i wanted to show that we can actually we could do an anthony bourdain style cooking show on mainstream tv obviously i don't have that connection yet so i put my version on youtube but hopefully one day that i'll get the opportunity to go and do um some cooking around the world and document it. So i love travel as well um I've gone off a bit off topic, but no. that video, I'd love people to watch more. Okay, we're totally, we're heading right there. Yeah, salt of the earth. <laughs> salt of the earth. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with Gaz Oakley. Hello, and welcome back to Chowhound's Table Talk. I'm here with Gaz Oakley. What kind of opportunities have come your way as a result of your social media star stardom <laughs> yes yeah, really strange what's happened um i feel like i'm riding a wave these incredible opportunities just keep coming um i think that when you put out positivity and good energy it only comes back so um i've been very lucky to work with some brands that i've been so in love with all my life oh, okay. um one of them being a restaurant called wagamama i still can't wagamama. say it properly wagamama, wagamama. <laughs> unless i do it really slow um so wagamama um is a restaurant that i've been a fan of since i was a little kid because my dad brought home a recipe book with a cooking dvd inside it so i was watching it Aww. learning the recipes and at the time they weren't as big in the uk as they are now they've got over 150 wow. restaurants i think and um i remember going on a holiday to france one year and there was a kid playing in the park and he had a wagamama t-shirt on I was so jealous of him. I wanted the t-shirt so badly. 
and all these years later, obviously going into the kitchens, learning my craft and doing what I do now. Um, I posted the recipe on my YouTube channel for my ramen and I put it a vegan egg on top. I made a vegan egg because having had ramen in the past, I'd always have an egg on top. The spa egg. Yeah. And I made a, uh, basically a, um, an egg made from coconut, miso and lemongrass. I set that. It's almost like a savory panna cotta. Mm. And I scooped out the middle and filled it with a chili mayo, which was represented the yolk. And Wagamama saw that and got in touch with me and we ended up doing a collaboration. Wow, that was how they yeah. found you. So we came up with this dish called Avant Garden and it featured the vegan egg and various different amazing flavors. And um, that, that was just going to go into one restaurant as a trial, but it ended up doing so well and going to all of the restaurants in the UK and the US. So working with them was great. And the this, this servers wear Gaz Oakley Wagamama t-shirts now. So I got one of those. Oh, my really... dad even framed it for me. So it was nice. I finally got one of my own t-shirts, uh, Wagamama t-shirts. And then, um, and they've asked me to do another collaboration here in the US again. So from January the 15th through to, I think it's end of March, I've got a new dish going on the menu with Wagamama US. And that's inspired by that uh, vegan ribs recipe I put on my YouTube channel that did so well. We've sort of reinvented it, collaborated with the Wagamama chefs and came up with this beautiful dish in two days, actually. Um, and it's definitely a vegan dish that's the first of its kind at a non-vegan restaurant, I think. I think it's going to blow people away. It's, the flavors are unbelievable. There's 11 different flavor, uh, ingredients in this, just the barbecue sauce alone. It's just out of this world. And I'm here now in, in uh, New York to promote it and launch it. So um, I'm excited for that. Um, so that's one of the biggest achievements, working with Wagamama and um, doing cookbooks. Um, yes, yeah, as I said, working with some great brands is just so lucky. And, um, I'm working with people I, in, I'm inspired by like Sadio at Pickup Limes and Derek Sano of Wicked Healthy. Collaborating with these people is just amazing. I'm just, I'm very lucky. Now, like I mentioned earlier, you have passions for fitness, music, fashion. Are you looking to spread your tentacles your wings uh, into those arenas as well <laughs> definitely um i think that um a wise person told me recently actually that um i shouldn't spread myself too thin because you know cooking is cooking is what i do and i should focus on that all the time and i always do i think maybe because it comes natural to me that creating recipes and i sometimes being a creative person i look to do a lot of things but um, I think until I open a restaurant, I can I can sort of I can I can let myself work with a few different on a few different things that is, and um, I definitely want to get into sustainable clothing. I love fashion. I love mm. I love clothing and doing it in a sustainable way is very important. In April, I've got um, my first collaboration coming out with a, a clothing brand, and we're we're coming up with my own trainer. Exciting. So, those are sneakers. Sneakers, sorry, sneakers. Sneaker. <laughs> For our American uh, listeners. Yes. Uh, so sneakers are coming out with a brand called Mercer. They're based in Amsterdam. They're mm. really popular. And we're making a full pineapple leather trainer. What? Um, obviously, being vegan, I don't wear leather. And, yeah. and actually, a lot of my friends wouldn't go vegan because they wouldn't be able to get the, la the latest kicks. Sure. And I know that's a fact. So being able to give them an option... And uh, these trainers are so cool, so I can't wait. To, uh, these sneakers are so cool, so I can't wait for them to come out. And um, in the 
next winter i have a collaboration coming out with a brand who makes the finest winter jackets ever wow and um obviously traditionally the sort of insulation in jackets is goose. feathers or goose feathers yeah down and um being vegan i don't wear that i don't want to wear that but i still want a really nice jacket and it's hard to find so i found out about this brand called embassy who make these really beautiful jackets and the actual line in the insulation is made from um, plastic that's fish from the ocean oh. and turned into this um, really insulating material and they use the finest um, materials to make the jacket that are all sustainable and ethical, ethically made. And uh, that collaboration is coming out for, for next winter. So You've got a lot uh, on your it's plate. Amazing. Well, it's just um, I pick and choose who I work with and um, working with amazing brands like those two is just incredible. So, And you also have your own merch, right, on your site? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I do that. Um, People want it. I, I, I didn't. I I'm just get giving it. the people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to when I actually. I'd like to do my own clothing line one day. I prefer to really make that the primary focus. So I need. I'll do that in years to come. Yeah. But uh, for now, I'll um, do these big collaborations and let them do all the work, and me just help them with the designs. <laughs> smart. Very smart. <laughs> Um, now, whose work do you follow and admire? Who inspires your work? Yeah, um, well, I've had lots of inspirations growing up. My As a kid, I loved Marco Pierre White and Gordon Ramsay. Um, when I got into sort of more of the filming side of things, um, I was really inspired by um, Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. Um, really sad what happened. And uh, I just, uh, such a big inspiration, um, not only the way he presents, he presented but also just the content and the cinematics of the the shows that he made is just something that i would love to aspire inspire aspire to do and i will 100 percent um and then in terms of um inspirations on youtube sadia we've mentioned her several yeah. times if she doesn't uh, come on, get her on this the podcast show i mean yeah. come over girl <laughs> um uh wicked kitchen uh, Wicked Healthy, also known as um, Derek and Chad Sarno. I think they're great chefs mm-hmm. and doing amazing things in the vegan movement. Um, so there's lots of inspirations out there. I try to keep tunnel vision all the time and focus on being a, as totally authentic as possible. Um, that way then I can just make sure that all the ideas I'm coming up with are just purely created organically in my head. Yeah, it must uh, be hard. As I said, it comes natural to me. Um, but um, Well, to like, you know, ward yourself from oh, all the yeah, outside definitely influences. On social media, yes. Yeah. Um, I get lots of inspiration from just traveling around and being around creative people like my team. Um, I love coming up with the, with a new concept for videos and, and putting that package together and it, it coming together because we don't just do cooking videos sure. on my channel. Um, and I, I see where there's a need. I see what people uh, need answers to or whether they need a new budget meal prep that's going to help them during January when times are tougher after Christmas or something. And I try and create something for them. So, And again, just um, inspired by trying to make a positive difference in the world with everything that's going on right now. What is the best or most memorable comment you've received? Oh, I get so many nice comments. 
I get some weird ones too. <laughs> <laughs> That's my next question. <laughs> um, most memorable comment. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but when someone tells me that they went vegan because of my videos, it's, it's an amazing compliment. When my mum and dad tell me they're proud, that's Aww. that's the best. And uh, yeah, get some lovely comments. I'm very appreciative of them all. And what's the craziest comment you've received so far? If you can uh, recall them among many. <laughs> so it's, it's a daily thing. <laughs> I get I get marriage proposal or proposals all the time, which is oh, fine. I'm funny. not going to struggle when I need to find a wife, I think. So. <laughs> um there's some strange ones. I, I probably can't even say that's them. That's pretty strange. I mean, that's pretty wild. <laughs> um, what can we always find in your fridge? Always in my fridge. Good question. Well, lots of leafy greens because I um, I like just, you know, when I said about the plate method, yes. having half the plate, fruits or veg, generally I just have a separate plate of <laughs> just veg because I just, I love greens. I love asparagus. I love kale. I love um, spring greens, chard. So I always got the, those in my fridge. A good um, non-dairy milk. My favorite at the moment is pea milk. Mm. Yeah, it's oh, really what it's um, one of the most uh, environmentally, uh, what's the word, less damaging. You know, it's good. It's better for the environment than mm -hmm. other non-dairy milks. And it's amazing for making coffee, which I've just started making at home, you know, in my new okay. coffee machine. So yes. always got that in the fridge. Um, my fridge is well stocked. Right. What are some of your favorite tools? What makes life easier for you in the kitchen? Oh, a, a rubber spatula, my favorite one. Yeah, I don't know how people survive without one. Um, I love my steam steamer, my bamboo steamer. Couldn't live without that. A wok, um, sharp knife, lovely chop wooden chopping board. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, too many things. To and make. not just the beautiful hunk of tree trunk, but like a, a nice it, big that. board. Yeah, uh, yeah, big sturdy board that's not going to slide around. It's so bad when I see people recreating my recipes on Instagram and they've got a little tiny plastic chopping board. Gotta take that's pride. Moving. Yeah, <laughs> and actually in that Salt of the Earth documentary, because so many people were asking me where I got the board from, I go to the place where I get the board from. So Aww. you'll see. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love a rubber spatula. I think also with your restaurant background, you know that food waste is not, it, it, it's also, it comes with cost too. Oh, 100%. And um, yeah, when I first stepped in the kitchen, actually that was one thing that was sort of hammered into me at a young age is making sure that I'm not wasting anything because you can always make something out of something. Absolutely. What are you making for yourself after a long day of taping? Um, long day. Um, the nazi gorin is one that I always go to because I just make so a sambal good. and just keep it in yeah. the fridge. So it's like the recipe make with the sambal, usually it takes about 15 minutes, but I, I actually just keep that in the fridge so it's really fast. Shave time. Yeah, um, so just fried rice basically. Um, or I'll just grill off some tempeh. I'll just steam some, um, some veg and I'll have some couscous or just something really simple. Um, so... I do love pasta too, but I try and have it not every, try not to have it every yeah. night. <laughs> so yeah. Do you eat traditional durum wheat pasta as well, or is it all like whole wheat or all yeah, alternative sources? As long as it's organic, I'm happy. But um, also, I do like spelt pasta as well. Spelt, yeah. mm, delicious. And lastly, what would you recommend as some easy first steps for those looking to step into a plant based lifestyle? Good question. Um, so I'd recommend meal prepping. 
to make sure you've always got something in your fridge ready to go. No, you're not going to get hungry. I'd recommend making sure that you take time to get in the kitchen. Um, I wouldn't eat out every day and every night because you can get a lot of junk food. And there's a lot of junk food restaurants out there, unfortunately, vegan ones anyway. I mean, they're great, but not every day. Sure. It's easy to fall into that trap of eating unhealthily vegan. And vegan diet isn't healthy just because mm. it's vegan. So, mm. um, I'll make sure that um, your pantry stocked up with lots of different herbs and spices, dried ones, because um, you can instantly jazz up something by adding these ingredients, uh, these different spices. And um, making sure that you eat in a well-varied diet, eat, eat the rainbow is what I always say, and you'll be fine. Lots of, also one thing, yeah. lots of um, beans and pulses, lentils, chickpeas, butter beans, cannellini, all these things, just get them into your diet because that's what we should be eating. We should be eating whole foods. And if you can't soak them overnight, it's fine to get canned to start. I, still right? use, I use the cans and lots of the recipes in my books are, uh, call for the cans or the tin uh, or the, um, uh, the boxes of them because not everyone has time to soak them for 24 hours and then boil them for an hour. So. Exactly. Yeah. Do what you can. Exactly. Bit by bit. Exactly. Gaz, where can we find you apart from Instagram and YouTube? Yes. Yeah, so um, uh, where can they find me apart from that? Um, or tell us where we can find I'm you there. for the my home address. <laughs> yeah, your blood type. <laughs> your... <laughs> well, it's at Avant Garde Vegan on social media. Um Find me on my website, avantgardevegan.com. And if you have any questions, you can send me an email. My email address is on there. And I've got my cookbooks, Vegan 100, Vegan Christmas, and soon to come out, Plants Only Kitchen in April. And I hope to be on tour in America and Canada for the launch of that book. So you may be able to see me cook live in, in a city near you soon. Um, I can't wait. Fantastic. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, my lovely. goodness. We've... Thank you so much for coming by and um, we wish you all the luck. You Thank deserve you. every bit of success and Thank don't you. let anyone tell you otherwise. And by anyone, I mean you. <laughs> yeah. We can be our own um, harshest critics sometimes. I think that most creatives are like that. Um, so I'll keep going. Great. Thank Best of so luck much. to you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Chowhound's Table Talk. Keep up with the latest on our site, chowhound.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social.